So, what a great stewardship text, huh? Isn't this terrific? I mean, I'm so glad that uh, Jesus had this encounter in his ministry and that out of all of the things that Jesus taught and all of the things that Jesus did, Mark would remember this one and put it into his gospel story. It's, I mean, isn't this terrific? I'm just so glad to be a preacher and have this text before me. And, and then, smile, this is okay. Uh, so, and then there's, the, there's this thing called the lectionary. It's where the Bible has been divided up into a three-year series of, of readings. You may not know about this, but this is the lectionary text for this day. And aren't you glad the editors would put it at this time of year just for me so I could have this uh, stewardship message for you today? Okay. <laughs> perfect. It is perfect. Thank you. <laughs> It is so perfect um, because there are two obvious sides, right? There's the scribes and there's this widow. And the scribes, we go, boo, hiss, boo, right, right. And the widow, we go, yay, what a wonderful example. So let's do a little contrast here between the scribes and the widow. So first on the scribe side, there are many of them in this text. And there's only one widow. So she's outnumbered already from the start. And let's see what comes next. Um, they seek attention. Did you see that? They wear long robes, pray long prayers, want the best seats in the house, get all the attention. And the woman, she's humble. And what's next? They're powerful. Uh, I mean, they're males, and they have the religious authority and education behind them. And the widow, she's vulnerable. In, in the Old Testament, there are a list of the anawim in Hebrew, the poor, and in that list are the widow, orphan, and sojourner in the land. She is totally vulnerable here. And so um, I got to thinking about this. Um, who are these scribes anyway? I, I mean, let's, let's take a look at those long robes. So this is a, a picture, pretty close approximation to what a, a scribe might be wearing. And uh, so that would stand out in, you know, everyday life, wouldn't it, if you were wearing something like this? And, and we don't know anybody who, who looks like this, do we? <laughs> uh, oops. Oops. <laughs> uh, who's up front and wearing a long robe in places of honor and prays long prayers of this passage. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Uh, and of course, we, we never want to get attention, get our names put out there um, like, like this guy. Maybe you've heard of this guy. Let's see that picture, please. Let's see. What does that say? What is it? I can't read that. It's five letters. What does that say? Okay. Oh, it's Trump Tower. Oh, yeah. So, and, and, of course, we never want to get attention, get our names on anything around uh, here, do we? So, uh, <laughs> have y'all been on my little path back here behind you? Have you been on Barton Way? Yeah, so, okay. so, it's, uh, oops, <laughs> one of these kinds of passages that gets a little uh, close to home. Um, how, are, how are we like the scribes um, before we just... Down, down them completely. Uh, they were well educated. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them, I mean, uh, they were uh, experts at uh, reading and writing, and maybe biblical scholars. And uh, there's some of us around here, teachers. Uh, uh, do, do we identify a little bit with with the scribes? I mean, I, I certainly do. 
Uh, they're not bad people. I mean, they ask good questions of Jesus. If you read Mark's gospel, they have some very penetrating kinds of questions. Um, they went with Jesus in saying that Elijah was supposed to come first before the Messiah would come. Um, in fact, just before this passage that we had read for us, there is a scribe that's asking Jesus about what's the greatest commandment. And when Jesus replies, it's love God, love your neighbor. The scribe goes, I'm all for that. And uh, that's better than all sacrifices, burnt offerings. And Jesus says, you're not far from the kingdom of God. So scribes are not all bad. We're not all bad, right? <laughs> are we? I mean, we may have some mixed motives and things, but uh, it's, let's give the scribes some credit here. Um, even though they're kind of put down in this passage. Then we have a widow. The word widow is only used two times in Mark's gospel, and it's right here in this passage. The scribes are the ones that take advantage of widows, it says. Ouch. And then there's this example of a widow who gives her Two cents worth. It's, it's the smallest coins that uh, were about that time. So the singular is lepton. And here are t an example of uh, a lepton, if you see both sides of the coin there. Not, not worth anything, just, just so small. She gave um, all that she had. To give, and she put it into the treasury. Let's see what that looked like. This is an artist's rendition of that. We don't know exactly what it was, but in the court of the women, so in the temple in Jerusalem, in the court of the women, there were 13 of these receptacles around for people to put in their money. And if you see the bell-shaped thing that goes down into the box, that was metal so that you could hear what people gave, <laughs> you know. It's, it's not just a visual uh, exercise, but it was an auditory one that uh, people could... And, and I know in church today, we don't like clanging money. We like soft money, okay? We like, you know, checks and the, those dollar bills and stuff. But it's, anyhow, this is... Um, people could hear what those people who were giving a lot gave because it made this sound. And then, do you think her sound was even heard? The, the two cents worth. But... Um, but Jesus heard, Jesus saw, and he holds her up as an example of, of generosity. She didn't have to give. She, she, again, was amongst the Anawim, the poor, the, the widow, the orphan, the sojourner in the land. They were exempt from the uh, rules of, of giving, if you will. They were the ones who were to receive the offerings of an institution like the temple. And yet she gave everything. It literally says in Greek, her whole life. Not just her living, her whole life. She, get, she didn't give 10%. She didn't give 50%. She could have held one coin back. She gave it all. Two, she gave her two cents worth here. Why, why do you think she gave? Why do you think she gave? I mean, I, I've really struggled with this passage. I, I know that uh, others have, and especially poor widows have struggled with this passage. Um, Sometimes poor widows are taken advantage of. Sometimes they're bullied. Sometimes they're manipulated into giving all that they have, and they don't uh, really 
make a, a, an informed decision they give out of guilt, maybe, um, out of shame. I, I'm going to tell you a story. May I tell you a story? I, I, I'm just letting you know I've told this story before, here even. <laughs> and I've told it many times here, actually. But I'm hoping it's one of those stories that you like. It's kind of like children saying, I, I like that familiar story. Will you read that one over again? Or the stories in the Bible, how we keep going back to the same stories and we go, oh yeah, that's that story. I really like that one. So here's the story. I was a pastor in San Saba for five years, little ranching uh, county seat community about 105 miles northwest of here. And I had a widow in my church who called me up on the phone, said she wanted me to visit. I still visit from house to house. You may not know that, but I actually get out and do this. And, and so I, I went to her house. She lived just a few blocks off of the, the square there in town. She didn't have central heat or central air. Uh, when it was hot, she opened her windows. And in the winter, like it was when I went to visit her, she heated her house on a wood-burning stove. You're saying, no big deal. Lots of people have fireplaces and all. She cooked on a wood-burning stove. This is in the 1980s. I, I sat there on her couch, and uh, uh, wh why am I here? Why, why did you call for me to visit? She said, I just feel so guilty. I, I feel ashamed. She said... Uh, uh, the other people at church, they have these nice cars and big cars and things. She said, I don't have a car. She said, I walk to church and, and I, I get a ride with somebody, you know, when it's bad weather perhaps. And she said, they have all these nice clothes and, and some of them even wear furs. And she said, look at my clothes. She said, I get all of my clothes secondhand shop. She said, and, and I can't give like they all give. And, and you need to know, very rarely do I ask this, but I said, how much do you give? <laughs> and, and, and she told me, and it was, you know, some dollars, few dollars. She said, when they pass the collection plate, you know, I put $5 in. And she said on Communion Sunday, when we kneel there at the altar rail and have those special offerings, I put $2 there. And you need to know this next part. I very, very rarely ask this next question. I said, well, how much do you make? <laughs> yeah. She told me the amount of her Social Security check. That was her only income. I said, you're the biggest giver in our church. <laughs> you know, you know, proportionately. But she, she, know, she knew that she wanted to give and needed to give, but she never felt like she was giving enough. And I was trying to say to her, don't give out of guilt. You know, give out of gratitude. I tried to affirm here, and I'm trying to affirm any poor widows in our midst about what, what is the motivation for your for your giving. It's, it's to say thank you to God, to acknowledge who God is. I, I really identify with this story when I go back to San Saba. Why, why do you give? What, what is your motivation? There's a, another story from just this past week. There are several Bible studies that go on in the life of this church and this one particular Bible study has uh, several women that are in it. And one of the women recently went with Mobile Loaves and Fishes, you know, who offices with us that ministers to the homeless community in our area. She went on an immersion experience, 48 hours of living on the street. Some of you may have gone with Alan Graham to do that. But, you, I mean, you're just put out there. <laughs> 
And, and this particular woman um, was at, you know, just, just shows up, and the homeless community, they, they readily identify, you're a newbie. And this other woman on the street kind of adopted her, took her under a wing, and was giving her coaching about, you know, here's where you can go to the bathroom, you know, here's where you can sleep at night. And uh, I want to tell you places about where you can go during the day where they won't kick you out. And, you know, here, here's where they offer free food. And, and you know, all, all the resources. Some of our homeless people are very, very resourceful folks, very creative about getting by in life. Um, and it was dark, and it was past the time when all those meals had been served for supper. And this homeless woman orders a pizza <laughs> for this newbie <laughs> that's just shown up. And they deliver the pizza. <laughs> and the homeless woman pays for the pizza. And the newbie says, this, this woman who's going in the immersion experience says, oh, no, 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 let, let me pay for it. Let, you, you, don't do this for me. And the homeless woman was adamant. No, this is my gift to you. And then it clicked in the newbie's mind. Oh, this is an act of hospitality. And the one thing I can do here is receive this gift. She wants to help me, and I'm going to receive this gift. And she did, and she ate her pizza. Why do you give? I'm hoping it's out of gratitude. I'm hoping it's because you know that you have been blessed richly by God, and that this is your thank you back to God. You, you don't give to a budget. You give to a vision also. You say, this church makes a difference in my life and other people's lives. And about to hear another testimony here about what this church does. I, I was talking to some other folks as I was preparing for this sermon this week. And, and people would say, it helps me keep my priorities straight. When, I'm, when I make that first gift to Christ and His church, then it seems like my life just flows better, that I manage money better, that I manage time better, that I just, I keep it straight in my head. I'm not so graspy, greedy, you know, that I can let go of that anxiety. I can sleep at night, and it, it's just that wonderful freedom that I feel. Some others say, I do believe in the vision of this church, that it does make a difference in, in people's lives, and I want to be a part of that. I there are a lot of causes out there, but I believe in, in this cause, too. Why, why do you give? Some of you give because you have been taught that. You Just from the moment you were born and sat in the pews and the plate was passed, you saw those examples of your parents and grandparents and Sunday school teachers and others around you, and you say, yeah, I, I, I'm going to do that, too. You had good modeling for you. This woman gave... This widow gave, I think, because she trusted in God. She gave her whole life. It's a, kind of a foreshadowing of what Jesus does, isn't it? Who gives his whole life. Here, here's a positive example. Here's my two cents worth. <laughs> you know how I always like to end uh, the good news is. Here's, here's my two cents worth. There are examples of generosity all around us. Christ flowing through us to make a difference in this world. Um, let's give out a gratitude. That's the good news I have to share. Amen.